1: Hello and welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and I'm joined here by Drew Silva. Drew, how are you, sir?
2: Good, man. Ready to uh, dive back into some more rankings, figure out some values and maybe some guys to avoid for for the listeners and the readers of Roto-World.
1: Yep. Last week we did first base and second base rankings, so you can go back and check that out in our archives if you missed out on that one. Uh, today we're doing catchers and outfielders. Uh, By the way, last week when we did our first base rankings, we kind of talked about the possibility of the Diamondbacks installing a humidor at Chase Field for this season. It was sort of up in the air when we did that show, uh, but it's now confirmed the Diamondbacks will indeed have a humidor. uh, So I'm guessing you feel more secure in having Freddie Freeman as your top first baseman.
2: Yeah, I do. And I was going to bring that up kind of throughout the show today as it pertains to some Diamondbacks guys. I mean, there there are studies. Like, I'm I'm no scientist. I know nothing about that stuff. But I mean, that this this study from a physics professor at the University of Illinois, um, he he predicted that there would be a 25 to 50 percent drop in home runs. Yeah, I mean, that's a wide range, but it's also pretty drastic. Uh, it has something to do with you know, it's drier air in in feet, in the Phoenix area where Chase Field is. The only other humidor. Is in Denver, Colorado, which is actually a, a relatively dry place. But th- the thing with the humidor there is is that it's to to you know affect the altitude mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm I'm interested to see, man, if, if it's going to be a big deal. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely go with Freeman as my number one first baseman. I like Robbie Ray a lot more. Right. Maybe even like Zach Godley. Yeah. Taywan um, Walker could be a nice. Sure. Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah A really good like late round value. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I, I feel like not, nobody even in, in the baseball industry has a good good feel for yet.
1: Yeah, I, I'd be careful about going overboard and sort of docking their hitters. Um, and with Goldschmidt, you know, he has a safe floor. Like, he'll give you some speed. He's going to yeah. hit for a high average. He has a good great approach. So he's still going to be really good. But I think the debate is a lot closer at this point. Yeah, for sure. some,
2: something else with, with Chase Field that hitters talk about and that has been studied is their batter's eye is – awesome. Hmm. Um, which is like what a, a batter looks out when he looks beyond the pitcher is center field. Um, chase field has the best batter's eye. It's, you know, it's a 50 foot tall wall that's black and dark green. Right. You compare it to like Comerica park, which I think is the worst batter's eye. Um, and it's bushes and there's different depths of, you know, it's not a straight up wall. There's the city in the background. Um, so I don't know, maybe it won't be too drastic, like you said, I, I, it's hard to overreact or underreact to, to the news.
1: Yeah, we'll have a better idea a year from now, basically. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but before we get into these catcher and outfielder rankings, just a reminder, the Road World Baseball Draft Guide magazine is available in stores now. There's also the online version, which will be constantly updated throughout spring training. It's loaded with everything you need to get ready for your fantasy draft, projections, detailed pro- player profiles. Average draft position data, articles on sleepers, busts, our top 100 prospects, mock draft analysis for various formats, much, much more. Uh, Go to rotoworld.com to check that out. Again, we're doing catcher and outfielder rankings for this episode. We're going to start with catcher before really digging in on these outfielders. Uh, Similar to what we did last week, I'm just going to read off my top 12 catchers and we'll go from there. Sound good? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to start at number one, Gary Sanchez. Uh, Number two, Wilson Contreras. Number three, Buster Posey. Number four, JT Romuto. Number five, Salvador Perez. Uh, Number six, Wilson Ramos. Number seven, Evan Gaddis. Number eight, Wellington Castillo. Number nine, Austin Barnes. Number 10, Yadier Molina. Number 11, Mike Zanino. And number 12, free agent Jonathan Lucroy.
2: Our lists are fairly similar. Yeah um i think i'm a little higher on zanino
1: yeah i think i was the lowest on our staff and i I do like him um but i'm just worried about the batting average
2: sure and and safeco field and i I mean i think he kind of flew under the radar last year had a career year um, by all measure um maybe because i don't know he had a lot of hype when he first arrived in the majors and disappointed um, one of those post hype high, 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 guys that I like though, entering his age 27 season, which is sometimes like a, we see a lot of age 27 breakouts coming off an 840 OPS with 25 home runs and only 124 games. Like you said, won't offer much in the batting average department, but how many of the these catchers really will?
1: Right. I mean, that's definitely fair to say. I mean, when you get to sort of the 12 to 20 range a lot of them are kind of interchangeable in that they're not going to really give you average but they give you double digit power uh so I definitely think that's true and you know if there's anybody kind of within this top 12 that could really jump to that next level I think you'd probably be talking about maybe Austin Barnes uh or Mike Zanino kind of jumping up to that next tier I th- I think it's pretty clear that Gary Sanchez is in a class by himself I think he's mm-hmm. far and away the top option I don't really think that's in dispute. Uh, and then you kind of have Contreras and Posey, who uh, there was some disagreement in our staff rankings, whether they're two or three, I think you can make a case for each. Um,
2: yeah, C- Contreras is the clear number two for me. I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah has an 851 OPS through his first 193 major league games, I think probably could have flirted with Thirty home runs and ninety plus RBIs last year. Right, he didn't miss those like f- almost five weeks between August and September with a right hamstring strain that he suffered running down the first baseline. And he was on an absolute tear like right before that injury happened. Um, right. I looked it up: nine home runs and twenty-five RBIs over his previous twenty games before he landed on the DL. Um, he's, he's young. He's in a great lineup. He's in a good hitter's park. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I like Buster Posey, but I think J.T. Realmuto could could maybe even leap leapfrog Buster Posey for the number three spot catcher.
1: I agree. Um, you look at Posey last year, twelve homers. The year before, yep. fourteen. Uh, Realmuto, you know, has added a little bit of power. I don't think he's ever going to be like a twenty-five homer kind of guy, but he also gives you speed uh, behind the plate. So, you know, I feel safe about him at least at number four. Of course, there's a diminished supporting cast there with the Marlins. That's something we can't really ignore necessarily, but. You know, there's been rumors about maybe the Nationals, maybe the Astros. Obviously, either of those outcomes would be amazing from a fantasy perspective. And he'd be in great position to move up to number three if that was the case. But even if he stays with the Marlins, I feel pretty safe about having him at number four.
2: Yeah, I mean, he requested a trade. Uh, Maybe it happens at some point this spring. Um, But if it doesn't, I I bet they'll, they'll be busy shopping him early in the summer, like maybe even a month or two before the trade deadline. Um, Yeah, put up 17 homers and a 783 OPS in 144 games last year in a tough environment for power at at Marlins Park. Also has 20 stolen bases over the last two seasons. I guess, you know, the Giants lineup got a little better. Andrew McCutcheon and Evan Longoria over the offseason. So I think Posey RBI-wise will be pretty good, and and he does hit for a pretty good average usually. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he does nothing for you well very very little for you home run wise
1: and there's the durability you know questions yep. and age sure. and, and all that kind of stuff that just the typical kind of posy questions there um another durability guy question mark guy wilson ramos um he really finished strong last season had eight homers and a 963 ops over his final 32 games uh and we know the season that he had 2016 before that knee injury so a lot of upside with him. I, I know there's injury risk there as well, but I put him in at number six, and I feel pretty good about that. But I think really once you get past, you know, the first four or five options at catcher, it's it's really a jumble. Uh, it's really hard to say.
2: Yeah, I had him at number seven, Ramos. Um, you know, sixteen or seventeen months ago, we were talking about him landing a massive contract in free agency before he tore the ACL and MCL in his right knee. Um, I feel like he should be older than 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that I I would have guessed like 32 if you, if I hadn't looked it up and you asked I, me, I
1: remember that Matt caps for Wilson Ramos trade, which I think was, <laughs> was that I must've been like 2010 or 2011 when the twins yeah. traded him. Yes.
2: I mean, it had to settle for that two year, $12.5 million contract with, with the Rays, And so this is kind of the proven year before he goes back on the open market. Um, if, if uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to feel g- great about after the top, you know, after really the top two guys, top four guys, maybe. I mean, we mentioned Salvador Perez. I like him, but you know, it's kind of he's kind of like a high floor, low ceiling guy,
1: right? And you um, kind of wonder when the mileage is going to catch up to him as well behind sure. the plate. So there's always that risk with him. Uh, you know, I think he's you know he's pretty much a lock for 20 plus homers. He's not going to really hurt you. Uh, but I wonder about the ceiling as he said and I wonder about maybe sort of the the work that he's done behind the plate catching up to him
2: so and then I think Austin Barnes is um, a little tricky yeah it's easy to to talk yourself into it Uh, 289 batting average last year 408 on base percentage Um, the counting stats weren't great but if he does that again they will follow on a really good Dodgers team but I think the problem here is Monty Grandal is going to get starts behind the plate for the Dodgers. Manager Dave Roberts said on the second official day of spring training that it'll be a split timeshare. I don't know if he's just being kind to Grandal. Barnes was their catcher in the postseason last year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Grandal handles right-handed pitching better as a switch hitter. Barnes is a right-handed hitter. And more pitchers are right-handed than they are left-handed in the majors. So, I mean you're gonna need playing time from Barnes for him to generate value, especially if it's in a league where your roster locks you know weekly. Grundall did hit 22 home runs last year though his rate stats weren't very good. Um, so I'm a little worried about that. I mean, I've seen it a lot in a lot of drafts that people are really excited about where they can get him, but you want your your catcher to play. Um, and so, I, I don't know M- maybe it'll shake it'll shake out to a situation where they just go with Barnes. It's it's
1: very possible. It's a hey, it's a great situation to have for the Dodgers to have I mean, in any other kind of situation, if Barnes and Grandall were on separate teams, they'd each probably be top ten fantasy
2: catchers in my yeah, mind. I, I mean I, I had Barnes ninth and grandall nineteenth. So Yeah, I
1: have Barnes ninth and Grandall sixteenth. Just because I think the playing time's gonna be pretty close to equal. But if Barnes could, you know, give you a decent average and have double digit homers and steals uh, he's almost like a poor man's real Muto, which definitely good. has value. So uh, that's He did to...
2: play some second base last year. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Oh, you're good. Um, he did play some second base last year, so maybe they can find a way to, to, to move him around.
1: Right, and he has second base eligibility in some leagues too, so mm-hmm. you could have maybe that roster flexibility. While it could hurt a little bit to have a, someone who might only play, you know, four out of six games every week or three out of six, you could maybe find some ways around it. So, The extra extra eligibility, definitely helpful. Evan Gattis, I had number seven. And I put him there because it seems like he's going to be the regular designated hitter for the Astros this season. Of course, Carlos Beltran retired. Um, He's still going to get some starts behind the plate when Brian McCann needs a breather. Um, But they do have some moving pieces, too. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. But I think Gattis is in a a great situation for fantasy value.
2: Yeah, um, I was much higher on Alex Avila uh, before the news broke. Um, earlier this week that that the Diamondbacks are in- installing a humidor we we went over the scientific theories that it could really cut the, the power output that happens at Chase Field um, and I, I mean Avila was already kind of probably having to jockey for playing time with Jeff Mathis and Chris Herman who are, are far better defenders um, he was someone that I, I kind of liked as a value right as the Diamondbacks acquired him but now I'm I'm kind of skeptical um the playing time is an issue and and he's probably not going to replicate the power that that he had last year with with the Cubs and Tigers
1: yeah and he has he has an injury history too, concussion history knees um so those could all be factors too uh you know 2017 might be the best that we see from him um that's not an insult at all it was a good season uh, but yeah I wonder about that two catcher leagues I think he can get away with it but um yeah and sort of disappointing uh, to see this humidor coming into effect there. Um, going beyond this uh, top 12, uh, well, actually, here's a good question. Um, what do you th- I mean, you get to see him more often than I do. Yadier Molina is still hanging in there as a fantasy option. Um, I have him number 10. Where did you have him?
2: I had him 11th. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll turn 36 years old in July. I don't suspect we'll see him hitting fifth as much as he did last season. Um, you don't want to pay for the 18 home runs and 82 RBIs that he hit last year. Carson Kelly, you know, is a pretty you know, well-regarded catching prospect. Should see significant playing time this year. He's going to be the Cardinals' number two catcher. I don't think they're going to sit him. Um, you know, y- Yadi has played so much over the past few years, especially at his age. Um, I think it's probably start. You know, time to maybe like give him two days off per week, um, and and I think we'll see that. You know, like like you said, in a two catcher league, yeah, man. I mean the the well runs dry at catcher real fast. Even in a one catcher league, um, you know, Yadier's probably draftable, but um, he's probably not someone that I, I'd be real excited about um, having fall to me.
1: Someone I am kind of excited about, and it's sort of a blast from the past fantasy name that we talked about a lot a lot in the past. Uh, Chris Iannetta, uh, and now he's returning to the Rockies. Uh, Had a great year with the Diamondbacks last year, now makes that change back to Coors Field. I think he's pretty interesting and could be a nice sleeper.
2: I agree with you. Um, I keep reading articles that they they really want to get Tom Murphy back into the mix.
1: Right, and he was a sleeper a year ago, basically. Yeah.
2: Um, I I like him. If you're going to throw a dart late in a draft, that's not a bad way to throw it.
1: Right. Uh, So as I was saying, I think a lot of these names, kind of between 12 and 20, at least for me personally, are kind of interchangeable and and could uh, work out any number of ways. I had McCann in there, Darno, Grandall, as they said, Tyler Flowers, Russell Martin, James McCann, Austin Hedges. Kind of all low batting average, some pop, they might help you out. But I wanted to look at some of these deeper names, uh, younger catchers. um, Jorge Alfaro with the Phillies. I uh, had five homers and an 874 OPS in 29 games at the Phillies last season, but, but, it's a big but, 33 to, K, 33 to 3 strikeout to walk ratio and 114 plate appearances, uh, and his numbers in AAA were not good. Um, he's out of options, so I'm sure the Phillies will find ways to give him playing time, whether he's going to play, you know, four out of six games, you know, whether they, they just straight up split the playing time, something like that. I think he's going to play, but. I'd be careful about overvaluing him too much based on what he did down the stretch last year, but in two catcher leagues, I think he's worth a shot.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chance Sisko is another one who's probably going to be the Orioles' primary catcher. Pretty high-ranking prospect. Uh, Never really hit for much power in the minors, but you look at the batting averages. Hit .363 his first professional season, .317 in 2016 between AA and AAA, so, you know, you'd think some of that those line drives that he hits will turn into homers, especially at Camden Yards. Um, could be an intriguing guy once he kind of gets his footing. He's only 22 years old.
1: So, again, another, like, two-catcher league guy. He's definitely someone I would take a chance on, given the ballpark and the AL East. So uh, someone, to keep an eye, someone to keep in mind for sure. Uh, Francisco Mejia with the Indians, uh, obviously worth watching. Uh, top 10 prospect. He can flat-out hit. Uh, they might end up playing third base. Uh, at some point this year for the Indians so uh, keep that in mind but he's a really promising prospect Carson Kelly you mentioned with the Cardinals uh, you know if Molina ever goes down with some sort of injury he'll be in good position uh, in a two-catcher league and only that sort of thing as well Um, but as far as uh, another thing here with uh, catchers Jonathan Lucroy I had him 12th Uh, before Mm -hmm. we move on to the outfielders where where does he end up that's really the big question for me because I was before the show, I was trying to think of teams that he would make sense with. And um, I'm thinking, like, Nationals or something. Like, I'm really struggling.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, like, uh, looking at our past player news blurbs, the Astros are mentioned as a team that had been, you know, it w- interested. But mm-hmm. I don't see a fit there with McCain and Gaddis already kind of, um, you know, clogging the playing time i guess they could you know interchange at dh and the, yeah. you know AJ, aj hinch is pretty good at um you know using all his guys in the right spots and I getting them I could see all that longer.
1: maybe i could see and that would be awesome for fantasy value as well kind of the same teams that have been linked to real mudo so uh yeah i mean those teams would make some sense um so we'll, we'll say, it, would, it would
2: it would be like a crafty astros move to to buy him on the cheap and and watch him bounce back
1: right yeah Hey, I can but see I that. I
2: really don't know, man. I, yeah. I don't know.
1: Who knows? He may never sign at this rate. Yep. <laughs> uh, and still a million free agents out there. But, uh, okay, so we're going to move on to outfielders.
2: And you're going to read your list, correct? Yep. Okay. Let me take a, a drink of water before I get into <laughs> <laughs> it. Go for it. Well, well, we ranked our top 60. I'm just going to read 20 of them. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> Let's not read 60. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, Mike Trout. Number two, (laughs) yeah, we got to stop there. (laughs) Um, Number two, Mookie Betts. Number three, Giancarlo Stanton. Number four, Aaron Judge. Five, Bryce Harper. Six, George Springer. Seven, Charlie Blackman. Eight, Reese Hoskins. Nine, JD Martinez. Ten, Andrew Benintendi. Eleven, Marcelo Zuna. Twelve, Christian Yelich. Thirteen, Justin Upton. Fourteen, Billy Hamilton. 15, Byron Buxton, 16, Tommy Pham, 17, A.J. Pollock, 18, Manuel Margot, 19, Ian Desmond, 20, Ioannis Cespedes.
1: All right. Um, So you had bets number two. So did I. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's funny because a year ago, he was basically going number two overall in most drafts, I think. Fair to say, mixed league drafts. Um, And you could say that last year was a disappointment for him, but if you really look at the counting stats numbers, they were still really, really good. Um, 24 homers, 102 RBIs, 26 deals, 101 runs scored, um, showed improved patience, uh, maintained an excellent contact rate. Um, Just looking across the board, I I still think he deserves to be the number two outfielder. I feel pretty safe about him, and I don't think he's necessarily going to be drafted that way, so he could be a really nice value.
2: Yeah, I mean, those counting stats and, and only an 803 OPS, you feel yeah. like those counting stats can get even better. Oh, yeah. Especially if the Red Sox signed J.D. Martinez. Oh, man, I and hope you, so. You, you've got him hitting fourth um, right. or third even. Um, that God, he's going to score so many runs. Hmm. Um, I, I I guess my list might look like I'm down on Charlie Blackman. Where, where did you have him? Uh, I have him
1: um, eighth. And, okay. Um,
2: I, I ranked him seventh, so... Yeah, and I, I thought maybe that would be controversial.
1: Yeah, I, I actually am on board with that. And I, I was trying to think of guy I, I don't want to go too extreme in saying busts. But uh, Blackman, I do think there are a little bit of warning signs with him. Um, he turns 32 in July. Uh, he's been under 20 steals for back-to-back years. And I'm not sure that's coming back, especially now he's going to hit potentially in the middle of the order uh, for the Rockies. His strikeout rate jumped last year. Um, he's always been a high Babbitt guy during his career, but he was at 371 last year. Um, I've seen him be drafted in the first round and Mm -hmm. I I get it based off of course field and, and what he did last year. Um, but I think he's going just a little bit higher than I'm comfortable with and putting someone as the eighth, as your seventh, eighth outfielder, I don't think is really an insult at all. If you look at this field, this really impressive field of fantasy outfielders. It's not an insult, but I think he could be slightly overdrafted.
2: Yeah, I'm not like completely down on him. No. Um, I feel like I just like the top six better. Like you said, 32 in July and, and the stolen bases have been dropping pretty rapidly. 43 steals in 2015, just 17 in 2016, and then 14 last year. So you're, you're not getting the big speed threat that maybe you think you are. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he hit a career-high 37 home runs and somehow had 104 RBIs batting leadoff. So even if they move, move him to the number three spot, I – I mean, that's huge RBI potential there. Uh, Maybe fewer chances at runs scored, but he'll be batting right in front of Nolan Arenado. There's a lot to like about him, but yeah, I mean, I just, I like that top tier of outfielders, you know, better than maybe I've I've ever liked a top tier of outfielders. It's really hard
1: to poke holes when you're ranking, when you're saying you're top 10 outfielders. You obviously really like these players, so uh, I definitely still like Blackman, but there are little things you can kind of nitpick at uh, mm-hmm. to push him down for me. I had Bryce Harper third, and, and with him, it's just really all about staying healthy. I mean, we know that. Yep. Um, that's certainly no guarantee, but, you know, if you think of players who have the highest fantasy ceiling, uh, for me, I think Harper is probably the closest you'll get to potentially Mike Trout. Um, his running game is slowed down a little bit, so maybe he doesn't give you that sort of impact. Uh, but just that elite potential, and also you know, walkier. We have to mention it uh, as yep. as a motivation as well. So narrative, uh, yeah. That I mean, it's a it's a tried and true narrative. But uh, I'm going to run with it, and and I know that <laughs> there's always bust potential with Harper, uh, just because of the injury uh, injury history that he's had sort of over the years. But uh, hey, I mean, if you could get him late in the first round, I think you're going to be pretty happy.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to nitpick with with those guys in the top tier. I mean, who who wouldn't be happy to get Judge or Stanton? Right. Um, Reese Hoskins is pretty high for me in the eighth spot. Where'd you have him? I had him nine. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like maybe casual drafters won't won't consider him to be that that much of like a lock. But I was just, I, I mean, he passed the eye test for me last year, exploded onto the scene with 18 home runs, 48 RBIs over his first 50 Major League games with the Phillies. Had an OPS in the thousands, over 212 plate appearances, which I think is a significant sample size. Um, I think the Phillies' offseason signing of Carlos Santana, who we talked about in the first base episode, is maybe being a good value, uh, will work well for Hoskins' counting stats, some protection in that lineup. Cesar Hernandez, we, we talked about in the second base podcast, um, is a good leadoff, man. You know, A high OBP guy. So I think um, he's going to have a lot of RBI opportunities, and Citizens Bank Park is a great place to hit homers.
1: Yeah, I'm on board with that as well. Uh, You know, Improving lineup, as you said. Uh, And Hoskins has had a really strong approach, both in the majors, what we saw last year, and in the minors. So I know there's some risk to going off of basically half a season, um, but I'm ready to buy all in. It's going to be a high price tag in drafts this spring, but uh, I'm into it. I'm willing to go for it. I had J.D. Martinez in my top 10 as well. Um, where, where does he end up? I know we say Red Sox, Diamondbacks uh, are, would appear to be the favorites. Um, obviously, I think we'd prefer the Red Sox at this point from a fantasy perspective.
2: You know, as soon as the Diamondbacks or whoever else makes an offer, I think the Red Sox will just match it. He's a perfect fit there. Um, Red Sox fans are pissed that they haven't matched the Yankees' moves. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think the Red Sox need a middle-of-the-order bat really badly. Uh, I don't think you can count on Hanley Ramirez. He's just so erratic from year to year to kind of be that middle-of-the-order force for them. Uh, so they desperately need it to, to contend uh, with the Yankees in the AL East. I think it it's something that probably will get done. Uh, I would, At the start of the offseason, I kind of wanted the Diamondbacks to bring them back. I was kind of rooting for that possibility. Uh, just because I, I I think it's interesting when the Diamondbacks are good. Um hmm but I think more. I think it's more likely than not that it, it will probably be the Red Sox. And and if it is, I think he deserves to be a top ten outfielder. It's it's kind of hard to rank these guys without knowing their ultimate destination. Uh, but I feel pretty safe about him being a top ten guy based off of what he did last year.
2: Yeah, um, Christian Yelich for me, I had him twelfth. You know, maybe that's kind of high. I think if he was still on the Marlins, he would be a lot lower. Sure, and he's still still top twenty, but maybe like more towards 17-18, um, but I think he's poised for a huge year with, with the move from Marlins Park to Miller Park in Milwaukee, an environment that's much more friendly to hitters. I, I like Lorenzo Kane for the same reason, moving from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City to Milwaukee as a free agent. Kane was number 20, 21 on my list, uh, right behind Suspeto's.
1: Yeah, I have Kane 25th, um, but I feel good about the move for him, too. I had Jelic 11th. Um, and I mean, obviously, leaving Miami for Milwaukee after they got rid of all those guys can only be seen as a as a positive. We're kind of still waiting on the power from Yellich, Still hits a lot of ground balls. Um, it, I mean, it would be great if he could take advantage of that stadium and hit the ball in the air more often. But uh, even putting that aside, he's in a great situation. So uh, another guy who moved from Marlins during the offseason, Marcel Ozuna. Uh how do you feel feel about him with the move to St. Louis? Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, I wish the Cardinals would do a little bit more, but I loved that trade. I don't think they gave up a whole lot to get him. Um you've got him f- through two thousand nineteen. Um you know, I, I just I think he's a, a great hitter. I, I watched a lot of at bats from him last year. He's like a I don't want to go off the reservation, but he's like a Vlad Guerrero type. Like he hits bad pitches um it it really hard uh you know had a career year last year but he had kind of been building up to it like his 2016 kind of gave off indications that it might happen and you know he exploded for 37 home runs and 124 rbis and a 924 ops and a 312 batting average i i the you know the cardinals i think have a lot of flaws i could rant on that for a long time but i the top of their lineup um I think it's pretty darn good. Matt Carpenter is a high OBP guy. Dexter Fowler has been a high OBP guy in the past. And if Tommy Pham is for real, and you've got Ozuna hitting cleanup behind those three, I, I think he's going to have a great year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to predict anybody to repeat 124 RBIs, <laughs> right. uh, obviously. And uh, he had a 355 batting average on balls in play last year. So another thing that's hard to, to predict someone will duplicate. So... Maybe there'll be a little bit of natural regression with him, but I think you should feel pretty good about him being for real at the very least.
2: Yeah, I'm talking a little more about the upper tier. I, I think Justin Upton um, maybe like kind of bores people, um, but I think he's a pretty good high, high floor and maybe even high ceiling kind of guy. Had a career-high 901 OPS, 35 home runs, 109 RBIs last year between the Tigers and Angels. Seem to really enjoy hitting in the same lineup as Mike Trout um, as he chose not to opt out of his contract this winter. I mean, that, that proved to be a smart decision anyway, given the way this market has been for free agents of all types. Um, I don't expect a repeat of those numbers from, two thousand. you know, those numbers from last year. He's been a very up and guy, down guy throughout his career. But, I mean, like I said, I think there's a good good lofty floor for, for power numbers, um, home runs, RBIs. Uh, maybe some runs scored.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if he gets a hit, clean up behind Mike Trout or something like that. That's um, yeah, a pretty nice spot, as we've seen with Albert Pujols, kind of clean up in the R- RBI category, despite right. being, you know, a below-average hitter at this point. So uh, it's a good situation, even though it's not the best ballpark for power. Um, somebody that it seems like our staff is really high on Manuel Margot. You mentioned him in your top twenty. Uh, he had 13 homers and 17 steals in 126 games as a rookie last season. Um, and something that's interesting with him, he hit more fly balls as the year moved along. So you can see him making that leap potentially this year. We know he has excellent speed, uh, but if he can add you know 20-plus homers to the mix and hitting leadoff in the Padres lineup, I mean, that's a really interesting fantasy player.
2: Yeah, I'm, I, like you said, I'm, I was impressed what he did last year. It was his age 22 season. Um, and, and he did enough for me to think there might be a big breakout coming in 2018. And then I, I really like it for 2019, too. I mean, look at the stolen base totals, even if, you know, you're not counting on the power to be there. 42 steals in 115 minor league games in 2014, 39 steals in 110 games in 2015. I mean, why couldn't he be a 30 to 40 steal guy for the Padres this year and then get close to 20 homers? That's pretty huge fantasy value.
1: Right. Uh, Another guy I think could potentially be a great value. I was looking at his average draft position. Uh, Gregory Polanco is at 160 average draft position, according to NFBC. Uh, I have him just inside my top 20, uh, and he was plagued by hamstring issues last year, uh, but he worked hard on his conditioning during the offseason. Looks like a really strong rebound candidate. I have him 19th among uh, my outfielders, but Chances are you won't have to pay nearly as much. I think that's a really great gamble to take.
2: Yeah, I had him 23. Um, I Yeah, I mean, because he had such a bad year last year, went to the disabled list three times with le- a left hamstring strain, like you said, but um, really good reports about his off-season workouts in the Dominican Republic, better conditioning, flexibility. I mean, the picture is recently posted in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette or something to behold. He was already a, a specimen. You know, a tall, lanky guy, built like Calvin Johnson, I think, the, the former Lions wide receiver, who they call Megatron. Um, yeah, I think with better health, we could see some really big numbers with him. The Pirates are kind of tearing things down, but I think it's more of a rolling rebuild. Um, I like, you know, Josh Bell batting in that lineup. Starling Marte should be better, so I think there's some, some guys around him. I think he could have a big year, and, and he's going to be probably be a very good value because of how his 2017 went with all the injuries. Someone that I
1: think a lot of people are going to be drafting this spring, excited to draft, uh, Tommy Pham, uh, another Cardinal, uh, was awesome last year. 23 homers in uh, 128 games, uh, had excellent speed as well. Uh, Just really kind of made an impact across the board. Um, But I think a lot of people might be surprised to know uh, he's going to be 30 years old in March. So he's not like a super young player.
2: Yeah, um, you know, it's a... Tricky situation, a lot of question marks, but I think certainly an intriguing guy um, who maybe could come relatively cheap. Um, man, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm worried that he can't repeat. I don't think it's maybe it's it's possible that he can it can repeat because he wasn't even on the Cardinals' opening day roster last year. Had he been on the opening day roster, I mean, he came up in May, so you know maybe he would have been like a, a 30-30 guy, which hasn't happened since you know, in the last decade, outside of Mike Trout. Um, and he's been talking this offseason about how he wants to seal over 30 bases and, and hit over 30 home runs. I hope it happens. I mean, the reason he hasn't really come onto the scene yet is because he, his minor league career was littered with freak injuries. He also has a degenerate, degenerative, degenerative eye issue. Got that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> which could maybe be an issue a continuing issue as, as you know, his career goes along, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of upside there. He's going to bet second in their lineup. He's coming off a three Oh six batting average four eleven on base percentage, five twenty slugging percentage type season. Um, I mean, I feel like I have him pretty low considering, you know, if if you extrapolate those stats out to a 160 game slate, I mean, that's huge, huge value. And I, and, I had him 16th. Where did you
1: have him in your I have calls? him 23. Um, okay. I have him after McCutcheon and after Cespedes. Ooh. Um, he had one of the lowest fly ball rates in the majors last season, FAM. So I'm a little skeptical about the power. I know he's saying he wants to be 30-30. I'd settle for 20-25, something like that, and he'd still be a really good player. So I'm kind of lowering my expectations a little bit, and if he surprises me,
2: that'll be great. Just to, to to get into the bus though, with Andrew McCutcheon was my number one. Okay. I, I mean, he was, like, pretty much a power-only guy from a fantasy perspective over his final two or three years in Pittsburgh. And then he's moving to San Francisco's at t Park, you know, which is one of the toughest places for power in the majors. Maybe we put too much in a park factor sometimes. But, I mean, if he doesn't hit 28 home runs, you know, really, what else is he good for? He doesn't steal bases anymore. He stole, what, 11 last year, what, 6 the year before? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of concerned that there's not much upside with him. I'll let someone else, like, take the name recognition and draft him.
1: Do we worry about uh, AJ Pollock now, too? Um, I do. I had him a lot higher than,
2: than I, I, I mean, I tweaked these rankings.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably, I probably won't draft him. I'm not saying I'm avoiding him, but. Uh, I worry about the humanoid situation. I also worry about the injuries uh, with him. Uh, I don't know if the ceiling will ever get quite as high as we saw a couple of years ago. Um, I still had him, uh, you know, I'm trying to see where I have him here, 20, 24. So he's, okay. you know, he's still pretty high. Uh, but certainly a year ago, I think our expectations were much higher for him. Um, so he's definitely been docked a bit uh, over the past year and with the news about the humidor
2: with me. Yeah, I had him 13th and dropped him to 17th. I I could probably drop him lower. I'm with you. I probably won't draft him. Um, You know, he might get you 20 stolen bases, but I worry about the power. I I worry about everything. Um, Another guy, Byron Buxton. Okay. Um, I I think he might fall a bit in more casual leagues because his, his batting line from last year won't jump off the page on draft day. A 253 batting average, you know, 314 on base, 413 slug. But he finished with 16 home runs and 29 stolen bases. And then over his final 47 games, he batted 309 with a 933 OPS. Um, he could be a guy who's, who's ready to pop.
1: Yeah, I have him 13th. Um, so I'm all in on Buxton. Uh, as you said, I mean, he got off to a miserable start last year, but after May 1st, he had 272 with 16 homers and a 779 OPS, so that's still pretty good. Went 26 for 27 in stolen bases during that time. Um, he is a guy who makes me a little nervous with the play, with the way he plays center field. Um, so there's always kind of the risk for injury with him, just how aggressive he is. Um, but definitely, the sky's the limit. If there's anybody who could really break into that top 10 outfielders this season, uh, I think it's Buxton.
2: Ender Inciarte is another dude I kind of want to be out on front on. I think there's real breakout potential there. Had a three oh four batting average, 11 homers, 22 steals, 93 runs scored in 157 games last year as the Braves' leadoff man. Led the major leagues in at-bats. I, I think the counting stats will all take a jump this year. It'll be his age 27 season, like we talked about. That's sometimes kind of a breakout year for guys. He's so athletic, and the Braves' offense I think should be pretty decent. Uh, getting better and better as the season goes along, and their their younger guys start finding their footing. He stole over forty two bases twice in the minors, so you're getting the speed to fall back on, even if even if the power thing doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, speaking of the Braves, Ronald Acuna, it's probably time yep. to talk about him.
2: <laughs> okay, <let's> aside
1: <laughs> from Shohei Otani, he might be the most fascinating player to watch this spring. Um, I have him thirtieth, but I mean that. Once he comes up to the majors, I almost expect him to be a top-20 outfielder. I think expectations are going to be that high. I think he's probably going to be drafted in most leagues, even though he'll probably be in the minors for the first few weeks of the season. Um, but he's super exciting. Uh, I mean, he worked his way all the way up to AAA last season and, and really got better as he, as he moved his way up through the minors. So he's ready to go right now, can really make an impact across the board. Uh, he's super exciting.
2: Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I've done probably five mock drafts to this point with with industry experts in quotations, you know, guy, guys who write about fantasy baseball for a living. And I, I haven't even been able to touch him. Um, I think you'd have to be like a, if you're in like a casual league with guys who don't really pay attention to big time prospects. But I, I don't know. I feel like if you're a baseball fan, you probably know his name by now. But, yeah, if he's there, go get him. I have him 34th. Um, It sounds like he'll be up around mid-April, I hope. Yeah. Um, Do you you have a read on that situation? I I
1: don't. um, You know, I would expect probably – I'm going to just lay the expectations for maybe early May, uh, first week of May, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's sooner, then it's sooner. But – Uh, I think it'll at least be the first few weeks of the season that he spends in the minors and even Acuna understands why this is I mean it's an unfortunate part of the business that teams are like we're not even going to put our best team on the field you know what I mean like it's it's a weird it's a weird part of the business for sure and we've we've seen a lot of that unfortunately this offseason how strange the the business is um but yeah, I think he's someone worth drafting and, and kind of keeping in a bench spot. And it it's definitely going to be challenging uh, with the way DL the DLs use kind of liberally these days. Um, but I think he could be worth it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what he can do uh, during spring training. And, and once he gets that call up, he's, uh, he's going to be something special, according to most prospect analysts anyway. We'll see.
2: Yeah. Um, I think Adam Eaton is somebody that People shouldn't forget about. I am twenty eighth on my list. Right, um, I, I am on twenty seven. Yeah, okay, good. Only appeared in twenty three games last year before tearing the ACL and meniscus in his left knee. But he hit two ninety seven with an eight fifty four OPS. You know, while he was healthy, projects to bat lead off this year for the Nationals in front of the likes of Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and Anthony Rendon, all of whom carry huge fantasy expectations. A bit of power with speed and a bit of speed, good batting average, and I think a whole lot of runs scored. Uh, he scored forty, or I'm sorry, 24 runs in 23 games last year before that injury. Um, runs are a hard thing to project because you're counting on, you know, outside factors, other teammates hitting you in. But if you've got Turner, Harper, and Rendon hitting behind you, I, I think you're going to score a lot of them.
1: A breakout guy, I believe in Eddie Rosario with the Twins. Uh coming off an excellent year, really cut down on his strikeouts, improved his patience, uh reached twenty-seven homers and nine steals last year. Um there could still be more progression to come with him, uh, but he's still pretty valuable as is, and I don't think he's getting as much respect as he deserves. You know, we're all talking about Byron Buxton, but I think Rosario could be a great value. I have him thirty first on my list.
2: I'm a believer in him too. Um, Br- Bradley Zimmer, I think, has maybe fallen off the radar a bit after mostly struggling as a rookie with the Indians, but he's another post hype guy that I'm excited about as a draft day value who might fall. Um, 44 stolen bases, 16 home runs in 2015 between high A and double A 38 stolen bases, 15 home runs in 2016 between double A AA and triple A tore up triple A last year before arriving in the majors in, in mid May, and then kind of struggled, you know, 18 steals in a hundred something games. But, I could see him having a nice, like, hidden breakout sophomore season. Two guys that I don't think you should forget about, Kevin Kiermeyer
1: and Aaron Hicks. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer only played 98 games last year, but had 15 homers and 16 steals. Um, and, you know, the approach is pretty good. Uh, he's going to hit near the top of the Rays order. I think he's definitely someone to keep in mind with Hicks. Uh, it seems like he'll be the regular center fielder for the Yankees, so that's obviously an awesome situation especially if he gets part-time at bats out of the leadoff spot for the Yankees. Oh, yeah. That oh, could yeah. be huge for his value. So, someone you can get in the late rounds, I think it could be a nice value as well.
2: David Dahl, another guy who's kind of fallen out of sight and out of mind for those in more casual leagues, at least, appeared in only 19 games last year, all in the minor leagues because of the stress reaction in the upper backside of his ribcage, but you know, flashed his fantasy upside as a rookie with the Rockies in 2016, batting 315 with a 859 OPS over his first 63 major league games. If the Rockies do move Charlie Blackman to the number three spot this year, and Dahl has a healthy and productive spring, I think he could be one of the options to take over at leadoff.
1: I would love to see it. I mean, a year ago he was basically a breakout candidate. So a lost yep. year for him, and and could end up being a, a nice value. Hopefully he's healthy. Um,
2: Lower down the list for me, uh, T. Oscar Hernandez I think is a little intriguing. Um, put up a 908 OPS with eight home runs and 20 RBIs over his first 26 games last season with the Blue Jays after getting traded away from the Astros for Francisco Liriano. Uh, still an odd trade to me, but you know the Astros won the World Series, so <laughs> everything's fine. Um, Hernandez <laughs> is 25 years old and in a good environment for power in Toronto. He's not going to keep that kind of pace, but um if if you're looking for a guy to draft in the later rounds, i think there's some upside there
1: yeah i mean there's it's kind of it depends on how the playing time shakes out at you know maybe he could platoon with Randall Grichik or something like that yeah. uh the blue Jays also added Curtis Granderson so kind of all three of those guys uh could have deeper mixed league value I think Gritchick might have the most uh, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about this for years, the upside that he has. Um, but Gritchik's another guy uh, to keep an eye on in that stadium, for sure.
2: Yeah, if he gets playing time, he'll hit home runs. He'll strike out a lot, but um, yeah, I, those kind of guys were appreciated a lot more in, in past iterations of Major League Baseball. I feel like um, those, those all-or-nothing types have call, find, kind of fallen by the wayside. He does play pretty good defense, though, so maybe... Maybe he will find himself in an everyday role. Um, another former Cardinal, Stephen Piscotti, I think, I mean, I, where did I have him? 59th. But I think we could see a bounce back there, you know, coming off a dreadful year, both on and off the field, traded this winter to Oakland, back near his home in the Bay, Bay Area where his mom is fighting ALS. Um, over his first one and a half seasons with the Cardinals, his first one and a half seasons as a major leaguer, he had a two hundred eighty two batting average an 815 OPS, 29 homers and 124 RBIs and 200 games. Um, I think the A's will kind of be better than people expect them to be this year. Um, There's some, some things to like about that offense. They have some power. I I know that the Coliseum in Oakland is a hard place to hit, but some of that is because of the foul territory. Um, There's so much foul territory. and It's not really like a a terrible home run park.
1: Right. Yeah. I have the Scotty 48th actually. So, um, okay, he's someone I, you know, I've been a fan of, and I think getting back closer to home can can only help him. Um, so he's someone I have some expectations for. Um, I had a question for you. Where do you have Abisail Garcia? Is he in your top sixty?
2: Uh, I got to search for him. My list is so long. He's forty fifth.
1: <laughs> okay, I have him. I'm fifty fourth. Going through busts, he was a name that really stuck out to yep. me. Um, yep. Coming off a year where he hit three thirty. Uh, definitely improved his contact rate but he had a 392 batting average on balls in play uh, by far the highest uh, in the majors so I think someone where you're going to see some natural regression there I think he'll be a decent contributor in deeper mixed leagues but I think people are going to look at that 330 batting average and have some certain expectations Um, he's someone I'm probably not going to end up drafting
2: yeah Domingo Santana had a and we're talking about busts now, had a huge offensive breakout last year, but the Brewers brought in Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, and they're going to play Ryan Braun in the outfield too, and they have other outfielders too. So I, I just – I don't know where Santana's going to get everyday playing time. He's a really bad defender, which prompted the the offseason upgrades from the Brewers front office. Um, I would guess he gets traded at some point, but it hasn't happened yet. If he goes to an AL team and a better – well, I mean, you can't really – if he goes to an AL team, I would be much higher on him. But right now, I just I don't know how many at bats you can project for him.
1: Yeah, I have him 51st, but that's kind of pending a lot of things. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. If he was to get traded, I'd definitely move him up on my board. Uh, but this is kind of just a temporary ranking to see how things shake out. Uh, I would I assume the Brewers would love to trade him for a starting pitcher, um, but they're kind of just waiting out the market to see how things go and. And given Ryan Braun's kind of physical issues and his age, maybe it's nice to have Santana as an insurance policy. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. Maybe Braun could see some time at first base and they'll sort of mix and match things a little bit. Uh, But assuming he stays on the Brewers, it's hard to see a real path to to mixed league value for him this season.
2: Yeah. Another one of my busts is Adam Jones. Um, Turns 33 years old this summer. And there's going to be a downturn in his numbers at some point. Um, he, he's still collected pretty good counting stats, even with kind of average batting lines. Uh, but I think we've seen a little a little bit of a downturn already. The Orioles are probably going to trade Manny Machado at some point, um, probably over the summer, I would guess. Uh, they'll probably trade Jones, too, maybe, because like Machado, he's scheduled to become a free agent next winter. I think leaving Camden Yards would be pretty bad for his fantasy stock. I, I just think there's a lot of, you want to get out in front of of these kind of career downturns, and I think he could be a guy where th- this is the year it happens. Well, it pains me to,
1: to call this person a bust, but Michael Conforto um, had surgery for a torn posterior shoulder capsule uh, last summer. He injured his shoulder on a swing, which was one of the weirdest injuries I've ever seen um he's going to miss at least the first month of the season but who really knows right now and also this is a kind of situation where we don't really know what kind of player he's going to be when he comes back either in the short term or in the long term um i think his average draft position is probably going to change depending on what we hear during spring training so it's still kind of really up in the air um but i'm trying to set my expectations pretty low with him so he's probably not someone i would draft at least as of now uh in a standard mixed league
2: Yep. Um, I think I'm, I'm, out of, I'm out of things to talk about with the Outfitters, and I think my voice is, is leaving me, too.
1: <laughs> well, I can save you. Uh, I wanted to mention just <laughs> a few outfield prospects uh, before we Dude. go. Uh, Willie Calhoun uh, with the Rangers, uh, sort of a guy without a position, but came over from the Dodgers in the U Darvish deal. He can flat-out mash, has power, makes contact. I hope he gets a chance to play. I mean, it looks like left field is probably the most likely scenario, but assuming he is, certainly mixed league relevant. Definitely someone to keep an eye on. Dustin Fowler with the A's came over from the Yankees in the sunny gray deal. You you might know him best for that brutal knee injury that he had in his major league debut with the Yankees last season. Um, But all has apparently gone well with his rehab and has an interesting power speed potential. And it seems like he's the favorite for the starting center field job with the A's. If that happens, he could be mixed-league le- relevant, mixed relevant as well. Um, Austin Hayes with the Orioles, uh, 22 years old, went all the way from high A to the majors last season. Really improved his stock along the way. Hit 32 homers in the minors last year. And it says a lot that the Orioles added him to their 40-man roster. They, they, 40-man roster, they really didn't have to do that yet. Um, so he's someone to be excited about, given the ballpark in the American League East um another deeper one victor robles there's not a clear path to playing time with the nationals right now but one of the top prospects in the game of course the nationals have bryce harper adam eaton michael a taylor but if there's an injury probably a long-term one he's definitely someone who could capitalize and be mixed league relevant as well uh derek fisher with the astros another guy to watch obviously the astros have marwin gonzalez who could play a lot of left field this season. Um, but they have moving pieces with the DH spot, maybe first base. Uh, so Fisher could have a chance to break through. So there's a lot of young outfielders to really keep an eye on this season. So you just have to keep an eye out for injuries and, and different situations changing. But a lot of guys to choose from, a lot of guys with potential value. So uh, outfield is actually a pretty exciting uh, position this season.
2: Yeah. Kyle Schwarber, I, I want to mention too, you know, the the batting average from last year was .211, 782 OPS. But once he came back from the from the minor leagues, he had that short stint in the minor leagues where they were trying to get him right. He put up a 903 OPS and 18 home runs over his final 65 games. Um, so and if if he, if he falls far, I think he could he could really have like a big turnaround year. He's he still wound up with 30 total homers last year.
1: Yeah, I think he could be a good value as well. Um, Cheap speed guy, Malik Smith with the Rays. Um, It looks like he's going to play at least part-time in left field. Has 32 steals over 153 games in the majors. So if you're looking for speed late, even in a deeper mixed league, I think he could be out there and and could prove to be uh, a pretty nice value. I could really go on and on with these outfielders. I have like a million, a million guys written down, and it's funny because a lot of these guys aren't even in my top sixty. I just keep finding extra guys where I'm like, oh, I could see this working out. But yeah, um, it's
2: it's a good year for
1: five outfielder leagues for sure. Uh, so I think that's all I got as far as outfielders. Right? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. We're we're just rambling at this point. <laughs> okay. uh, so that'll do it for this week as far as outfielders. Uh, there's so much more on the draft guide. Go to world, rotoworld.com and check that out. Um, we're hoping to do two episodes next week to complete our ranking series. Uh, we're going to do a shortstop third base episode and then a starting pitcher reliever episode. Um, in March, we'll then move on to some mock draft analysis, some actual draft analysis. We're going to go over the headlines from spring training, injuries, and that kind of thing. And we probably should anticipate a bunch of signings as well and fall out from that. Uh, so it's going to be a pretty busy month. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And also rate and review if you don't mind. That'd be a great help. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Sil, And we'll see you next week.